Good evening, Patriots. And it is still March 10th, or Thursday in the year 2022. And we're going to dig in a little bit tonight to some of the crazy. It just keeps getting crazier. But the key of that is getting through all of that is our walk with God and our grounding that we have in him. Before we begin tonight, The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. That's really the it is the Bible for our time. It's an NASB 1995 edition, printed in heirloom quality, beautiful, beautiful version of the Bible, as our founders' documents worked within. It's both a lesson in God's Word and a lesson in how our founding fathers used Scripture as a living language. You can use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, to get 20% off on every purchase. And you head on over to thefoundersbible.com. Again, use your promo code BARDS for 20% off. It's a beautiful Bible, and especially if you're a homeschooler, it's like a whole lesson plan built into one. Also, mypillow.com, mypillow.com forward slash BARDS is the BARDS landing page. MyPillow is the company to support these days with being a company built around a CEO that believes in liberty and fights for liberty. And our dollars count where they go. So we're putting literally a vote in with everything we buy. So head on over to MyPillow.com. There's some amazing sales going on right now. Giza sheets, 60% off. My slippers, 50% off. Sleepwear, men's and women's, 50% off. All of that available with your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And for this period of time, if you're buying something with your promo code, you're going to get a free copy of Mike Lindell's book, which is a story of him as he rose from addict to one of America's greatest CEOs. So again, my, mypillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards landing page. Promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And you can use that same promo code on the Frank Speech site and the My Store site. Check it out. Patriots, we have a, I think the world just kind of continues to get crazier. And I want to let you hear this because this is just part of this chaos that's continuing to percolate up as they continue to try to cover up with wars and fear and threats and so forth. The Department of Health and Human Services, along with the current administration, are in the hot seat tonight. Blaze Media's Freedom of Information Act request came through loud and clear. Irrefutable proof that covert funds were used to pay off and silence all media outlets. They have been manipulating us, lying to us, and hiding the truth about the injuries and the deaths caused by all of these shots with taxpayer money, I will add. I've been saying a long time, anyone who is allowed a public platform has a role. No one can be trusted, especially not the media. They will keep pumping in all of this war so you forget about the last two years. This is what you call propaganda, ladies and gents. Yeah, that was good. Even Newsmax took that money, by the way, for those of you that love Newsmax, which I don't watch. But this it gets just gets a little crazy. I uh, listen to this. This is a good pretty good breakdown of kind of what they're doing, how they move their agenda. Agenda of the world's elites are legitimized by science, passed as law by politicians, pushed for acceptance by Hollywood. Indoctrinated to the next generations through academia and religion and enforced on people by corporations. We're going to tackle the very first statement of that um, opening, which is uh, the agenda of the world's elite is legitimized 
by science. It's so funny to me that this has become a controversial topic because when I was in school, I was taught the scientific method, right? We were taught that science is asking questions. We were taught that science is a methodology, not an ideology, not something to be believed, but something to be questioned. And that's what gave it, uh, that's what gave it its legitimacy. Right. And now we're to a point after all of this that they just don't want you to even ask a single question about science. No, science has become the new religion, but he brings an interesting point in that in the reinforcement for the next generation. And you notice he puts academia and religion together. And I wouldn't disagree with that. And I think that one of the things we have to really start looking at hard is just how far our churches have moved from being influencers and disciple training centers for God instead of houses of evil and recipients of money so the government can give you a kickback on your tithe. It's pretty sick how things have gone. And I put this on any per church out there that's a 501c3. I don't care who the pastor is. If you are a 501c3, you're in a bind. Even if you're a great pastor, you're in a bind because your church is functioning as an element of the state. It's not what God's church is, and it needs to change. To be very simple, it needs to change. So these are things that we're going to have to confront and continue to confront as we move forward. Nothing like this, none of this is going to be easy, but if we don't take control of it, it's not going to get any better. This is a nice piece right here. Check this out. You better watch out for those people that bounce back from everything that was meant to destroy them. Those are God's people, and they are not to be messed with. Pretty much says it all. We've endured a lot this last couple of years, and I've been giving this a lot of thought this week, which is probably evident in how the shows have been talking. And what we've been through has been a real trial, and I'm not suggesting that God gave the trial, but I do know that God knew we would make it through the trial. And we did. And that trial has pushed every one of us. It's tested us in our relationships with friends and family. It's tested us in our temperance and dealing with rules and force regulation. It's tested us in dealing with one another and watching people willfully mask themselves up and cover their face, which was a face given to them in perfection by God. In this whole year, and a half, two years really, that we've been through this, the one thing that's brought everybody closer to all this is God. And we've become clearer and clearer on this walk. These are things that, these are gifts. And I, and this is something I think we have to give a lot of thanks to God for. There's been a lot of moments where we're praying to God, well, God, give me patience. God, give me this. God, give me that. But there comes a time that we have to let go of the God give me and we have to get into what we're doing for God because here we're serving God. We're not taking from God, but we're serving God. And I think that is so important. Ephesians 5, 6 to 17, this ends up being really one of my favorite passages. And Ephesians is heavily read, so don't get me wrong. And there's a lot of great passages in the Bible, but I come back to this one so often. Let no one 
deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is a shameful, it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. There is so much in that to unpack, and it's such a powerful passage. It begins, just the idea that the the awareness of deception, right from the very beginning of the passage, keeping in mind that Paul wrote this a while back, right? And here we have deception right on the top. Deception was an intimate part of the enemy's tools of war. There is the realization in this passage that there is such a thing as God's wrath. This is something that I hear way too often. That In the New Testament, people say, well, that the old is gone and, and God doesn't have wrath. Oh, God has wrath. Oh, yes, he does. He doesn't desire to use that wrath. He wishes to love and bring his children home. And he will love those that even we can't understand how he loves them, but he will. But there is wrath, and there is a consequence for ignoring God and walking away from God. And that gets into a passage which I've read many times, and that's... I'm looking for it here. It's Romans. It talks literally about turning people away, when God turned the people away from him. And I think it's very important to appreciate that God is not going to reject. He's not going to kick you out. But if you're, it's Romans 1, 18 to 32. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity and the discerning or dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I want you to hear this short piece here, about 22 seconds. Listen to this carefully. This is a gay kids camp, and it's led by Pete Buttigieg's husband, leading kids to this sin. This is sick. So typical gay camp. One camp. Full of pride. Indivisible. With affirmation and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your head. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what we all need. The way that 
this cabal has worked things and they've been masterful at it and even have infiltrated MAGA and Q movements. That when you speak out against things like this, you're immediately tagged as a bigot, as a racist. And for me, I'd probably get, you'd have to throw on an Irish, Scottish slur somewhere in there. But the principle that you're taking kids and you're indoctrinating them into a gay camp and having them pledge allegiance to a gay flag, these same people have a fit when you do a pledge of allegiance to the American flag. And they do because they understand the power of putting an allegiance to something. This isn't accidental. So they know that as a child, if you're putting your allegiance to a rainbow flag, you're putting your allegiance to an ideology and a cult that says that sin is a proper way of living. And that is where the world that we're trying to fight and to rebuke at this point in time. And so I go back to Romans 1, 18 to 32. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women who were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what they ought, what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceitful, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient of parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And that's some serious adjectives. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they, do not, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. This is, you just heard the clip. I mean, this is happening everywhere. And the, the attack on children is in full swing and the collapse of parenting is in full swing. I've really come to the place where I accept that really what has happened is God has put a sword to the earth and in so doing has blinded many so that they cannot see their way. He gave them up for the lusts of their heart. We are definitely in a place we have to start making hard decisions and confronting these things to, if we're going to reset this world. And sadly, this corruption is so deep and it has become so accepted by so many. As we move forward here, and I talk a lot about building bridges, and that's going to be part of moving forward is we're going to have to build bridges. We are also going to have to have a hard line towards 
understanding that there are things that we will not accept. And these are not easy judgments to make or calls to make, if you will, if you prefer not to use the word judgment. There's some very difficult places that we're walking into, and I don't have answers for this. I just know that I see them, and I'm putting a lot of my stuff to prayer with God because I'm like, all right, God, I get this, and I do. I truly and passionately believe that we have to create a giving culture rather than a taking culture if we're going to win this. And as a giving culture, we're relying on God to give, to replenish us, because that's what he says. And that's as we give more and we give as a, as a joyful giver, that's our purpose here. It isn't our purpose to pine and moan or even to expect. The expectation's the bad thing. It's like, okay, God, I just gave away $1,000. So are you going to give me $1,000 back? That's not the idea. God provides what we need, and the expectation is that what he provides, we are to help literally help by extending a, a gift to give to others in so many ways, not in neglecting ourselves, but in whatever we have in gifts and talents, money, food. That's our expectation is that we're going to help one another to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But I don't think it says anywhere in there that we're to accept deviant behavior. If anything, the real question with these kids at this camp is what's wrong with their parents? We're losing that solidness in parents. Parents have, in this, many young kids have parents that are just seeing these things as, do as my child is going through a phase. I just, I can't, uh, I can't interject on him. Parenting is, needs to be reset with the firmness in the hand of Scripture. It doesn't mean discipline with a switch. It's kind of a Hollywood version of that. It means a morality and a base for these kids to have something to work through. These sorts of things infuriate me because these are nothing more than predators and groomers is what they are because they see these kids with lustful eyes, not to help them, but to encourage them to become sinful in the path they want so they then will have new meat to deal with. And that's a real hard red pill to for many to swallow because we're into a place where these people of these cultures, LGBTQ, many, if not most, are pedophiles. And they won't call themselves that. They won't tell you they are. Matter of fact, they'll rebuke you heavily if you say that. But the fact is that they desire younger boys and girls. That's when you start getting under the age of 17, 16, so forth like that, officially, illegally, 18, you're starting to have the tendencies towards a pedophile seeking out young people and defiling them. There's nothing right about this. And the idea of how they've mainstreamed in our schools, we go back to how do they enforce their agendas, that piece I just did a bit ago, how do they enforce their agendas for the next generation? Academia and churches. I mean, why do we have churches, for example, that there are so many cases that keep surfacing of people being molested as a children in churches? It's not just limited to the Catholic Church. They're just the gold standard, I think we could say on that one. How have we allowed this to happen? How have we as a culture turned our back on these things or not had environments at home where our children can talk to us honestly about 
their worries and not understand the difference of right and wrong. Whether it's a pastor, whether it's a corporate member, whether it's a counselor who wants to fondle them and touch them or teach them things. And that happens and they're able to get away with it because so many children are not well taught at home. They're not given a lesson, a foundation of anything to reference. God's word is a wisdom. It's a guidance in life. It's a map. And I I'm, don't ha- I have no idea what these numbers are, but I would be curious to know how many families sit down with their kids and actually read the Bible together. How many families pick up, let's say, the Bible Project, which is the, I've mentioned them before, they're out of Portland. They do amazing work. And they've broken down the Bible and they have a whole lessons on, on the Bible, which are short and very concise. How many parents put that for their kids to study instead of this junk on YouTube? And where is that mentoring and parenting that should be there to press a child to think for themselves, but to keep a watchful eye out like a watcher to make sure that they don't get swept up and lost. Our country is broken. And I don't say that to be depressive. I say that because we, if you're trying to fix it, it's going to be a frustrating and a futile affair as far as I'm concerned. But if you're going to reset this, and we're going to reset towards a path with God and a new awakening with God's world, then it's something that has to be accepted, that we're leaving something, a broken country, to go start anew. And I totally believe we have to start anew. I don't see redeeming factors. Every time we dig into something, something else jumps up at us. There's an article that came up tonight about how so many of the and I, to be clear here, I have yet to verify all this data, but the basic article was pretty solid it, from what they'd done in the research that many of the current Republican influencers, and this is put out in National Justice, that many of the influencers got their start at a talent agency run by an Israeli porn photographer or pornographer. These are the new upcoming supposed to be Republican leaders that are supposed to be have values. This, from what I can tell, the research is solid, but it's disturbing. Candace Owens, Lauren Boebert, Tammy Loren, Melissa Carone, Scott Pressler, Emma DiGiovanni, Giovina, Giovina, I think, Anna, Kate, Tara Price, all of these. What does that say? And when you have, what it says, we go back into this every time, is it says that the party system is a complete joke. It's all designed to put on a show to keep us diverted and distracted. Until we take a position where God is before us in every single thing, we are going to swing and struggle with this time, hopefully not as long as 40 years, but sometimes I wonder. 
There is a hard row here to, to hoe ahead of us. It's not going to be easy. It's not because we can't do it. It's not anything other than the fact that we're going to be challenged to have to make hard decisions of whether we're willing to walk with God or walk in defiance of God. And the pressures around walking in defiance of God are going to be huge to keep you there. Because walking in defiance of God is cool. It's chic. It's it's the cool thing to do. It's life that's easy. You're not supposed to be questioning things like the Republican Party. These are new up-and-coming people. You're not supposed to be questioning President Trump because he's an anointed one. You're not supposed to be questioning General Flynn because he's a military general. We have to stop this. We can and we have to. And we do this by reflecting very deeply on what it is that we're doing. Information warfare is a very dark science. It's not intended to do anything other than destroy trust and undermine stability in the culture. That's its ultimate goal. And so many ways of doing that leave people scarred, distrusting, and separate from one another. The information war that's been waged on this nation has been extremely powerful, well-organized, and well-coordinated. And it leaves you questioning exactly what is true and what is not true. You question trust of who you can trust. And, and my general assessment is when it comes to politicians, you can trust no, none of them. When it comes to anybody in the main system, I've given you litmus tests before. If they're not saying stop the vax and stop the digital pass and get away from the WEF, I don't want to hear from them. Unfortunately, too much issue in our life is about compromise. People say, well, we have to vote or else. Or else what? We're going to end up with another Joe Biden. Maybe that's good for the country because then at least we can start to witness the suffering that that's going to bring. I have not been, I don't like what happened on January or November 4th, but I'm not against this administration being in power because it's a wonderful bitter pill for the world and this nation to swallow. And until people suffer the consequences of their decisions, we're not going to change this world. Accountability is at the center of everything that we are in this world. If we don't have accountability, we don't have much of anything. Without accountability, we don't have integrity. Without accountability, we don't have trust. Without accountability, we don't have forgiveness in its true sense. I'm not saying God can't give forgiveness. Please understand that. But when we are doing accountability, we are also, that's the foundation to creating massive forgiveness. But without accountability, we don't have a nation. And what has happened so much in our country is it's all so much about me and the opportunities that I can gain out of this or the advantage I can get and say, perfect time to go to CPAC. I can get recognized and I can speak these things about Christ and I can speak about God and country and people are going to love me and me and me and me and more me and me and me. 
It's a sad state. And it's going to come down to us making hard decisions on what we really want to do. What do we want as a country? What do we want as a direction forward? And we don't have those answers yet. What I can say is if we put ourselves towards the Lord and we have these conversations with Christ and we sit down and have these conversations about where we want to go and our hearts are revealed, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves and a lot about Christ Jesus at the same time. There's just a lot of meanderings that have happened for so long in this country. So I was, today I was having some very long, and I think I'll just kind of close with this tonight. I was having some long discussions today with Brad Cummings. And we were talking about the ambush. And I will tell you, the ambush changes you. And so we were talking about what that change was and what things were, what that looked like in today's current war. We were all ambushed two years ago. And that ambush has led us through just a litany of crazy. Two weeks to flatten the curve became two years to gag yourself with a mask and shoot yourself up with a poison. We've had uncounted exposures of truth and we've had to hold a line in this to continue this fight in such a way that we've all been strengthened if you've endured it. But that's just it is it's this has been a war and every person that's been in this war has been transformed and you found out every one of us has found out more about ourselves the ambush changes you because at those moments you define who you are. You either stand up and fight or you run. And for those that have run or stepped back, compliance would be running. Compliance to these rules, I, I feel for them because there's a, it's a sad thing because I know that what they're going to live with is not going to be an easy reconciliation to have or find. Because in a moment of time when they had the opportunity to stand up, they didn't. Now, right now, so much of this awakening that's happening around the world is happening like waves. There's a little bit of standing, and then someone sits down in a neck, just like the stadium. There's this kind of this movement around of a wave going around and around. But in, when you really get hit in an ambush, you don't wave. You stand to and you fight, and you fight to live. And if at least if you don't live, you fought everything you had and you die that way. That sort of transformation really has to get to the core of how we're going to change this nation. This has been an information fight. It hasn't been a fight with guys hiding behind berms and launching RPGs, dropping gunfire, shooting PKM over your head. This has been the most stealth of fights. It's used our guilt, it's used our fears, it's used our trust in institutions all against us. And they came and have come at us hard. And they're still coming. They're not stopping yet. But those that have made it through to this point, 
we're stronger, we're a little wiser, and I would hope we're more intense than ever. It's going to take that to get through this. It's going to take that commitment every single day and that grind. There's no time for vacations. There's no time to let off the gas. Because this war is coming, and they know it's here. And it's, like I said, it's not really coming. It's here. We just have to open our eyes and realize. And we just have to be prepared to support where we can as things really fall apart. And they must, because there's no other way that people are going to be able to wake up. And God can't correct this mess. And really, we shouldn't be looking to God to correct this mess. We should be looking to God to direct us in how to correct this mess because this is our mess we created. So kind of back to the ambush. We got out of the vehicles that day and we looked at each other and we knew we were going to get hit. I mean, it was so obvious. Women and children were leaving the village quickly. They were, I remember this old man that was could hardly walk and he was like, almost hobbling out of the village to get out of the way. They knew something was coming. And we could feel it. And when we made the turn, all hell broke loose. All the gunfire, everything went crazy. And you saw those that stood and those that ran. There were a couple people that left. For the most part, everybody stood to and did what we needed to do to survive. And we came home alive. This ambush has been extreme. It came out of multiple directions, multiple vectors. It's damaged families, relationships. It's, but we've held our line. And we've held our line with God. And now as we start to continue to stand, we're going to have to dig in deeper. And we will. But you need to own this. As a person who's been through a gunfight or two, in ambushes, I'm going to say this. What we've been through this last year hardens you in a good way. There's going to be a lot of people coming to the fight at a different level now. They have, will not have fought the way you fought this last year and the way we fought together. And so you're going to have the wisdom and you're going to have the ability to bring them along but we've become a sort of watchers now. We can see what's coming. Our eyes have been cleared. And it's our duty to continue to inform those or we don't want or those that aren't informed because we're negligent, that blood is on our hands. And I'm not going to carry that blood on my hands. There has to be a reset away from the show because everything about this country and so much of the world has fallen to the show, to people wanting to get quick fame. And there weren't that many people proportionally that really endured the ambush. Many gave in. We don't need the softies. We don't need the the playboys, and we don't need this sort of nonsense that's going on out here to keep everybody distracted and keep trying to reinforce the idea that somehow, magically through a vote, that the whole system's going to get better. 
and self-heal. At a certain point, it's going to take the hardened, those that have been toughened, to stand up and say, it's time to move on. It's time to reset this thing and drain this thing as it needs to be drained. And we can, and we must, and in the end, I think we will. But that reset, that drain, that strength that comes up, you know, that, that's going to come from God. It's going to come from us being close with him, listening to him, and understanding what our role is. But a reset is what we need. A true flushing, because these are there's some real freaks that have taken hold of this world. And they have no good things in mind for you or I. And sadly, a lot of freaks have brought a lot of fear to a lot of people who in the time of the ambush collapsed. And now we have to tend to triage to them because we need them back on our side and awake and understanding. And that's where forgiveness comes in. All right, patriots, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we've come together. Just an evening of just kind of thoughts and ramblings. Trying to listen to you this evening as you provide us with wisdom and understanding. And Lord, just kind of looking over the world and the time that we're in and all that we face and realizing the heavier challenges that lie ahead. Lord, we pray for our children, the children of this nation, that are just under constant attack from media to programming influence to schools to programs to pull them into these pits of sin. Lord, it, the children have no voice in this, and they don't know right from wrong. We pray for their souls. We pray for their healing. We pray for the intersection, intervention of Christ to literally strengthen their hearts so they can find the truth and see the truth, be drawn to reading scriptures, be drawn to you, Father, instead of this goofiness of worshiping rainbow flags and getting stupid haircuts and learning how to talk with a lisp. I, it, this isn't about us being bigoted. It's us looking at this destruction of youth. And so, Father, we just pray heavily for our children. It's, it's a sad event to see such immorality become this baseline for how they're being raised. And so that burden falls on parents. And we pray for the parents to start stepping up and realizing that it's no longer a time to outsource your kids to some indoctrination camp, but the sacrifices that must be made, Lord, is to bring those children home and give them a good education in a wholesome environment. Pray for the strength of those that seek that. We pray for the wisdom for those to make that choice and the wisdom to teach. So, Father, tonight is a blessed night, a somber night in a way, as we reflect on many of the challenges. Just ask that you'll give us your blessing. Guide us in these times. Keep our eyes open to all that you have to say and give. Keep our ears open for all you say so that we can listen. And 
so that we can listen and hear deeply what you're saying to us and where you need us and the paths you need us to walk. Saving our children and saving our nation, Lord, it's on everybody's heart. And so when we close tonight just praying for mercy, mercy for a nation that has done so much wrong, mercy for a nation that has really good people and beautiful children in it. It just needs to have its evil expunged. And we say these things in Christ's name. Amen. There's a lot in this country that needs to be cleaned. And we'll get to it. See, to keep the pressure on keeping the children safe. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up right now. It's an important time to keep our armor strong. Keep that helmet of righteousness on your head. We have to keep ourselves away from the the alluring thoughts and the tricking events to try to draw us off the path. Our path is with Christ. We walk with Christ, and all politicians, in the end, are how we judge them in the framework of their true relationship with Christ. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. But we're here in this time, in this place, For such a time as this, occupy the land, expand the kingdom, mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. It's 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.